Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. So Ephesians chapter 5, we are in our family and relationship series. I called it the Family Circus. Because how many of you have ever been to a circus before? Whether it's Barnum and Bailey or Universal Circus or Cirque du Soleil. One of the things that's common with all these circuses is always a lot going on. It's rarely that it's just one thing. At one side, there's a juggler. One side, there might be an elephant or a lion, motorcycles, and all this other stuff always going on. All these entertainers everywhere. And it's kind of hard to focus on one place because there's so many things going on. And sometimes that sounds like life. And it's hard to focus because there's so many things going on. And not just in election season, just everyday normal life. Seems there's so many things going on. But in the midst of the circus, there's one person who kind of knows what's going on, the ringmaster. And we said, in our lives, there is a ringmaster. And what is a good churchy answer you can give me? Who's our ringmaster? There we go. Good and churchy today. And so, but we say Jesus is Lord, right? That word Lord means supreme in authority. That means we have to do what he says. Because a lot of Christians like their fire insurance, but they like to do what Jesus says. Already quiet. I love Minister Isom in favor, amen to me. So Pastor Kurt, I'm going to need your help. I need some amens in here. Pastor Kurt, I need you to help me, amen. Gino needs to help me, amen. Can't have y'all quiet on me again. We actually have to do what he tells us to do. Some Christians are frustrated in their Christianity because they've been doing what they wanted to do and not what Jesus says. Or how about this? They do what everybody else says but Jesus. You don't open your Bible, but you will open social media. You won't open Ephesians, but you will go to TikTok. You will Google it. You will go to YouTube, but you didn't say, well, should I pray about this now? Let's see what my phone has to say. <laughs> if we're really going to be believers, we got to do what Jesus tells us to do. And we began, just began to get into guiding principles of how we are to live our life. We understand that because as soon as we became born again, we were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But we should also understand, although we are righteous, our conduct should be holiness. We are still called to be holy. I said it this way to get your attention. I'll say it again. God has called us to be holy, not whole-like. Although it's 2022, God has still called us to holiness. The scripture still says, be ye holy as I am holy. Holy means set apart. That means we can't just live like everybody else lives. It doesn't mean that we think we're better than them. We just realize we are not them. Have you had that realization yet that you're not the world? Have you had a realization yet that you are not with the rest of the world, but you're actually in the kingdom of light? But if you don't have that realization and see yourself that way, you'll act just like the world acts. When you're called to be different, you're in the world, but not of the world. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, or pay attention how you live. 
not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The Amplified Classic Edition says this way, Look carefully, then, how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each, every, buying up each opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. New Living Translation. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So going back to our circus analogy, you know, there's something else in a circus. There is a juggler. And I can't do it, so I'm not going to even try up here. But jugglers juggle a whole bunch of things, right? And in life, when you come to manage your life, how many know you have to juggle some things? That the longer you live and the more you grow, the more things you're going to have to juggle. You already heard First Lady excellently describe how you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a physical body. That means you got to take care of your spirit, the real you. That means you need to take care of your mind. You need to take care of your emotions. You need to take care of your physical body. Those are all different things you have to do. That's just the beginning of the juggle. You married? Oh, got more stuff to juggle. You got kids? More stuff to juggle. You got grandkids? More stuff to juggle. What? You got a job? You got a career? More stuff to juggle. There are so many things that you have to juggle in this life, and it takes skill. You know there's a skill to juggle? Because if it wasn't, all of us could be just doing da 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 I can't juggle, I'm not gonna try. I'll break something up here. But you know, when we juggle things in life, there are some things that are very fragile. That if I'm juggling, I should not drop this. If I have to drop something, I shouldn't drop this, right? But there are some things, they're nice, but they're droppable. If I drop this, is it going to be an issue? No. And whenever I'm ready, I can pick it back up again. In your life, do you know what you can drop? And do you know what you have to keep up in the air? Because some of these, you know, advanced jugglers, they do some interesting things. Have you ever seen them that, like, ja they juggle swords and daggers and torches? And how many know if you drop something, you don't want that to drop on you? I don't know. Look, I, I don't want anything on fire at all to drop on me, nor anything sharp, do you? So if you're going to juggle those things, you better have some skill. You better know what you can hold, what you can keep up, and what you can drop. Do you know what would make that really hard if you were drunk? Has anybody seen a drunken juggler? Because that would be dangerous not only to the juggler, but to you. Because some of you just are very interested to look at people like, oh man, this is intriguing. 
But there's a part of me that's, oh yeah, that's intriguing from a distance. Safe distance. But just looking at the checklist life, they could be dropping things they should keep up. Things that shouldn't be dropped, things that are fragile, yet it crashes to the ground. Or they could be dropping on themselves things they should have never had in their hands in the first place. Think about this, why would you be throwing fire in there anyways? Why are you playing with fire? Didn't we learn this, that kids don't play with fire? Some of us never got over that lesson or passed that lesson. We shouldn't be playing with fire. Or I, I teach my kids, stop playing with, you don't play with sharp things. This is how you hold knives, this is what you do. But if you're drunk, intoxicated, inebriated, you'll end up playing with stuff you should have never touched. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, New Living Translation. It says, wine produces mockers. Alcohol leads to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise. Then the scripture says, be wise. But if you're led astray or you're deceived by your wine down Wednesdays, you won't be wise. Because some of y'all, you know, I was shut in place, but y'all feel the alcohol industry. Oh yeah, hookah lounge, they did that. Let's not talk about the weed either. If you're intoxicated, drunk, high, you won't be wise. You know, it says in Proverbs 23 that you keep drinking and you live to drink, you end up seeing strange things. King James says you'll see strange women. You know what, let's read that. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 23. Let me read it, I already got y'all here. Might as well keep going. Might as well, Proverbs 23. I may get to my notes, it, it could happen. It could, we'll see. Proverbs 23, verse 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who babbles? Who has wounds without a cause? Who has redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go sinking mixed drinks or new drinks. Don't look on the wine when it's red or gives its color in the cup when it moves itself aright. Don't just look at it while it spins and be intoxicated with how it looks. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a snake. Your eyes shall behold strange women, and your heart shall utter perverse things. Yeah, you will be like the one who lies down in the midst of the sea, or the one who's tied on top of the mast. So you'll be like walking around staggering like you're drunk, like you're on a ship. And you'll say, they hit me, but it didn't hurt. I was not sick. They've beaten me, but I didn't feel it. So when will I get up and drink again? Selah, or as Psalm says, pause, and think about that. How much of our life have we given away because we can't put the bottle down? How much have we missed out because we can't put that away? 
Because people will love to make theological reasons why they can get drunk. Well, the scripture says, don't. Are you in the world or are you of the world? So many people get the world's results because they live the world's way. Today, we're going to talk about drunken jugglers. I hope you're not one. Luke 21, Pastor Kurt needs some amens. Minister Dathan needs some amens too from you. You guys, you got to help me because everybody else got quiet. I need some amens online too. This is not the time you skip the broadcast and say, oh, I got to go. Oh, pretend you have static issues. No, no, we checked. The broadcast is working just fine. Luke 21, verse 34. Look what Jesus has to say. He's like, oh, that was Old Testament. Let's look at what Jesus, your Messiah, your Savior, your Lord, your King, had to say. Pay attention to yourself. Lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeity and drunkenness. Do you know what that phrase means in the King James? It, it talks about being drunk in the hangover. Be att pay attention so that you get drunk and hungover. Because then your heart will be overburdened. Or it won't be aware of what's going on in the world. Not talking about the world, what the world is doing, but going around knowing the timing that we're in. How many Christians don't realize the end times with the drunk all the time? Of course Jesus can't come back. My Hennessy is too good. Overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life so that the day come upon you unaware. For as a snare it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Notice what it compared to being drunk and hungover. Worry and anxiety. So you might be one of the believers looking for say, yeah, I ain't drinking, pastor. I ain't a sipping saint because I know a sipping saint is a slipping saint. I ain't that. But are you drunk on worry and hungover with anxiety? Because that is just as dangerous as you blaming on the alcohol all the time. Says, look at your mind, look at your heart. What do you do when that thought worry comes? What do you do when you're tempted to be anxious? Do you grab onto that thought? I saw this quote um, on a Facebook story last night from Commander Kelly Copeland. She said, to paraphrase, she said, every thought has binding potential. You either need to bind the thought or that thought can bind you. So when it comes to worry, you deciding to grab onto that thought instead of resisting it or rebuking it or fighting it with the word of God, that thought now binds you when you should have bound the thought. And what happens? Just like with any drug, you take enough, you get addicted to it. It dulls your senses and your perception. How many are missing out what God is doing around you because you're drunk on worry and hung over with anxiety? You name not be drinking from the bottle, but your juggling is just as inebriated. How many times you are doing things because you're worried? Doing things because you're anxious. Things you have no business doing 
But because you can't sit yourself down somewhere, you've taken up responsibilities that never belong to you. And so you're saying, I'm just stressed out. I need my, see, watch how this goes. I just need some self-care. I picked up too much stuff because I'm worrying and anxious, so let me go get drunk. So I have this break. You know, I don't have enough money to go on vacation. Poor man's ma vacation is Mary Jane. Let me smoke a little bit. And as soon as I high leaves, let me go back to drink off of this worry and get hung over with anxiety. Trapped in a cycle, although you're people of the kingdom of light, living like you're trapped in the kingdom of darkness. It will mess up your judgment. You'll drop things you should never drop. You'll pick up things you never should have picked up. You end yourself up in situations you never should have been in the first place. Too many of the people of God are living off of mercy when they should be living by grace through faith. When you live off of mercy, you know, God is merciful. His mercy endures forever. There's so many things you receive from mercy. But so many of us, as I talked about last week, we have to go from crisis to consistency. That we're in crisis mode all the time. There's always a crisis. And it's not always because Satan attacked. It may be because we're poor planners. Poor planning in time, money, etc. Or maybe in crisis because you keep drinking and smoking. You had a hard time budgeting, but you can find enough money to buy that bottle. You can find enough time to go to the liquor store or the package store, whatever you want to call it. So I don't need to spend the time. I have it delivered to my house. Either way, you find time for that. Go to Proverbs 5. Y'all thought I'm meddling now. Wait till you get to Proverbs 5. Yeah, you can get drunk and high off of drugs, but you can get drunk and high off of worry and anxiety, but there's something else you can get intoxicated off of. Proverbs chapter 5. We'll read it from the New Living Translation. Starting with verse 1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment, and your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave or straight to hell. For she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. So my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. So, yes, although he's talking to his sons, but this applies to everybody. Because what is he talking about? Sexual immorality. Don't get as close to sexual immorality as you can. Oh, I ain't cheating on anybody, Pastor. Well, what about that porn you've been watching? What about your OnlyFans account? Well, I'm not on that. Well, listen, should we really look at your, who you follow on Instagram or TikTok? Oh, he's talking to the fellas. Oh, no, ladies, I'm talking to you, too. 
because statistics show that it's a growing trend among women as well. And listen, let me make this clear. It doesn't matter if it's actually a physical person or a cartoon. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. You worked hard, but you won't enjoy it. Someone else will. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease comes upon your body. You know, 1 Corinthians 6 says sexual immorality is the only sin that is not just done spiritually, but also with your body that brings damage to your body. You will say, how I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Or why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the waters of your spring in the streets having sex with just anyone? Let's pause it, with just anyone. Swipe left, swipe right, with just anyone. Oh, they said we were a match. Uh-huh, you can match with some demons too. You should reserve it for yourselves. Never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Your youth. So that means you should stay together. Because, you know, some people, and this works both sides, both sides, the text says it's both sides, that I'm not talking about someone was unfaithful to you. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about you just ain't happy no more. And you're ending relationships because you ain't happy no more. Well, let's see, are you doing stuff that makes the other person happy? Have you taken your lens of judgment and looked at yourself lately? And here's something I counsel people about. People say, well, I just don't love them anymore. I fell out of love. No, you're trying to love a person that doesn't exist anymore. You've been married 15, 20, 25 years. That person changed. If you're still trying to love the teenagers you met, guess what? That teenager is now in their 30s and their 40s. You have to love the person that's there. Because you want someone to love you where you are today. You don't want to love them the same way you met 20, 30 years ago. So that means you have to update your expectations. And you also have to express your expectations. Unexpressed expectations lead to frustration. <laughs> Verse 20. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman? Do you know what that word captivated means? Intoxicated. See, sexual immorality is dangerous because it's intoxicating. And it will cause you to make stupid decisions. I don't even have to be deep on this one. We all have heard the story before. Let's try this. Oh, he's going to leave her for me. He's going to leave that marriage and that family for me. 
I know we've just been seeing each other on the side, in the back, in the booth, in the dark, in the corner for a few years now. But I'm telling you, like, I know I don't get Christmas Day, but, I, you know, I get the day after Christmas. I don't get Valentine's Day, but I get the weekend before. Eventually, it's going to work out. When will you actually realize you are not a side chick? That is not God's calling for your life. God thinks more of you, has a better plan for you than being someone's on the side. But because you're so drunk off of sexual immorality, you just stay there. Or how about this? Because you don't think of yourself highly, you settle for mess. Well, maybe, just maybe, let's, let's, let's go back to the beginning. You be drinking, you be smoking, surfboard. Now you're full of worry, drunken worry and anxiety. Now you think you're drunk in love, but it ain't love. It's immorality. And now you're performing the part of a whore. And you think that's God's best for your life. God has better plans for you. That is not love. That is being taken advantage of. And you have to learn to stop and break off the relationship. So whoever I'm talking to in this building online, don't go to their house and we need to talk. You do not need to go to their house. You can text them. We done, we through, hit block, keep moving. Oh, I need to go pick up something from the house. No, you don't. Move on. Break the chain today. God has a better plan for your life. But people start settling because, you know, it's getting cold outside. And see, you have a, people have a habit of settling during the holidays. And so you get in a relationship over the holidays, and they break up with you right before Valentine's Day. So they don't have to pay for your Valentine's Day present. Or they, wake, they break up with you right after you get your refund check. But because you keep drinking and sipping and worrying and anxious and now immorality, you can't see the truth. Even though your friends, even your heathen friends, who know, like, babe, don't do that. But you can't hear truth because you're drunk. And now you're juggling all these things and dropping the things that matter. The things that matter are crashing all around you. And you're living this life asking God to bless it. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. There are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He'll be lost because of his great foolishness. Are you drunk? Doesn't the scripture say, be sober-minded? So when you see that, you know it's not just talking about alcohol or drugs. It's also talking about worry and anxiety. It's also talking about sexual immorality. That means you got to pay attention to what you watch, what you listen to, and where you go. 
you don't need to go everywhere. You really don't need to be there. There are some places you should never go. How many realize that by now? You have no business being there. That if people could track your phone and see where you'd be driving to and stopping, they, they know. You wouldn't stop at some places. Since I got just a couple more minutes, you don't need to be in the club. You ain't there being light. You know you ain't there witnessing. You, ain't, you know you ain't there being the salt nor the light. Because as soon as that song hits, and then you get drunk again, high again, you meet somebody, you wake up the next morning and look at them, and then now you're full of worry and anxiety, and now you're going to the doctor to get checked to see if you caught something. God has a better life for you. He has a better plan for your life. How about this? Say this way. Judge yourself as being worth more. Judge yourself as being worth more. How valuable are you? Enough for Jesus to shed his blood. Judge yourself as being worth more. See, you have to understand this. See, people with these religious notions will say, well, I'm unworthy. No, 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 you're not. Although grace is undeserved or unmerited favor, once you receive Jesus, the blood made you worthy. For you to say you're unworthy is a smack in the face to what the blood has done. For you to settle for things below your covenants is a disgrace to the grace that was shed for you. Stop settling. So while I'm lonely, look, it's better to be alone than shacking up with the devil. So many people end in situations and they don't know how to get up for because they're in the cycle of drinking, cycle of worry, and cycle of immorality. And because the world tells you all of these things are okay and they reinforce it, they celebrate it, they market it, you've bought into it. When God has a better way for you. That although there's so many things going around like a circus, there can actually be order in your life. You can actually know what you need to juggle and what you need to set aside. And you also know how long to set aside for. But if you're drunk, you won't get that wisdom. You won't understand. You won't know the difference. Go back to Ephesians 5. Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because I will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
So before you get to what Ephesians 5 and Colossians also talks about, submission and honor and love and reverence, this is what Ephesians chapter 5 is all about. I just summed it up in about 30 minutes, what Paul said in those 18 verses. Because if you're doing all these things, you're not going to have the marriage you're supposed to have. You're not going to have the house you're supposed to have. Because you really think your kids don't see you drinking? These kids are smart. They know how to smell weed. They know what you smell like. One of the things you have to do is make sure you do your best to live by what the scripture says. That although we know we can't do this by ourselves, we know this is through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean we don't try. That doesn't mean we say, well, if God wants me to live holy, he'll, he'll make me. No, he won't. He won't make you do a thing. He will warn you. He'll send messages like this. He will check your heart. That's why a lot of you knew you weren't supposed to go over to that house because you got to check in your heart. Don't go there. Don't open that app. Don't download that app. Don't go to that website. He's always talking to you, but are you listening? You're like, take this desire away from me, Jesus. How about you take the desire and put it on the altar? We're asking God to take away stuff from us when he told you crucify your flesh. Go to Romans 12 with me. I'll get to the other notes next week, maybe. We'll see. Romans 12. Verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we talked, first lady talked to you about your body. It says, place your body on the altar as a living sacrifice. So how should you see your body as a living sacrifice? Now, in any Old Testament belief system or even belief systems in the early AD time periods, if you went to any temple, offered a sacrifice, put it on the altar, and took it home, any priest would sigh-eye you. Because they all understand if you offer a sacrifice, that thing stays on the altar. Too much of our Christianity is we put it on the altar on Sunday and take it home, not even on Monday, but by the time the last amen is said. When we're supposed to live on the altar. What is living on the altar? Being holy. Now, holiness is not rudeness. It's not meanness. It's not how long your hair is or how long your dress is. It's not whether you wear makeup or not. Holiness is living according to the word of God. And if you're not walking in love, 
and showing mercy and compassion, then you're not as holy as you think you are. Holiness has to be paired with walking and living in love. You never compromise your standard, but you still know what is right and you know what is wrong. And when you live this way, you can live among those in the world and not judge them. But you won't compromise. That means you can have conversations with people who you know they're just living full of sin. Well, of course they are. They ain't saved. But that doesn't mean you look down on them. You don't judge them. You just know who you are. And you understand as you live who you are, light shines from you. You understand that you are the salt. And that when they look at you, they see a difference. You know, people can notice a difference between you, not because of how you dress, but just how you are. They'll say, like, you know, there's a different vibe about you. Yeah, there is. There's something different about you. Yeah, there is. When you come, come in, I'm, like, peace comes in. Like, I feel good. Yeah. Well, why? Because when I come in, there's a guy named Jesus who comes with me. Because... A living sacrifice, we talked about favor this morning, the God who answers by fire. That when you put a sacrifice in the altar and keep it there, you're setting it up for heaven to respond. That when we're making conscious decisions to live right, to live holy, to do what God has called us to do, to fulfill the plan of God for our lives, we're setting places for God to land. Remember when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in the beginning of the Gospels, because he came on him like a dove and he rested upon him. Have you created a life where the Holy Spirit can rest? And it's not just by what you do on Sundays. It's what you do every day. Because one of the things I was listening to myself as I was preaching in Fayetteville, we are talking about what we're going into in 2023. The order of the day is visitations of the Holy Ghost. That he'll land on us, yes, in our experiences. I'm expecting some weighty experiences. But also in our personal life, where he just rests upon us. Come on, I've been around people that you know they know Jesus, not because they open their mouth, but when they walk in, you know he walked in. You recognize the presence, that he's there. And that's not just for the super evangelists, for everyone. Do you know you can have a life and have fun and enjoy it and still be holy? You can enjoy life and still be holy. You can enjoy life and not be super deep spirit, where every word is a tongue, and still walk in the presence of God. Yes, you can pray in the spirit all the time, a lot, but you don't need to talk to someone else in the spirit. That's not, I don't have time to get into that, but that's not the time for that. The Holy Ghost is not spooky. Spooky people make the Holy Ghost seem spooky. But the Holy Ghost who lives within you, rests upon you, is not spooky. And he says he'll teach you and guide you into all truth. And some of the truth he's been guiding a lot of you in today is to stop doing some of the things you've been doing. The drinking and the smoking, the worrying, the being anxious, and the immorality. It doesn't matter if the world celebrates it. You're in the world, but not of the world. It doesn't matter if they endorse it. You're in the world, you're not of the world. Doesn't matter if they put it in every TV show. You're in the world, but not of the world. And you have to learn how to live separate, to set apart, because you understand the price that was paid for you.
I'll close with this example. How many know you go to a grocery store and they give you, whether it's a paper bag or a plastic bag, you might carry the groceries in home in that, but you're going to throw it away unless you keep it under your sink for you know, other purposes later, right? Anybody else? Yeah, that's what we do. But how many know you don't treat that plastic bag as precious? It's just something you might use it for. You could use it for anything. But if you got this really, really, really expensive bag, ladies, your favorite purse company, the top of the line, the top of the line, how many know you're going to treat that a little bit differently? You're not throwing that under your sink, are you? No, there's going to be a way you handle that. Ladies, some of you are not even purse people, but the way you carry that purse on your shoulder will be different that day. Right? Or think about this other way, something else that is very expensive, but very valuable. Whether you're a tech person, and you like technology and computers, and you finally got that laptop that you want, that computer's all souped up, ready for you. Or you finally got your gaming system that you've been really wanting, with a surround sound system and everything. You're going to treat that a little bit different than an old school TV that has a hanger on top. Right? Because the value is higher. Live like your value is higher, because it is. And not that grocery store bag. And not that old school TV that no one watches. You have a high value. So treat yourself accordingly. Your spouse has a high value. So treat them accordingly. Your children and your grandchildren have high value, so treat them accordingly. Stand to your feet. Because your value doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from how much you make. Understand this, no job can pay you what you're worth. Nobody can pay you what you're worth. You're worth too much. Your value doesn't come from what you've paid, what's in your bank account, who you know, how many degrees are to your name. That's not where your value comes from. Your value comes from what he said about you. And he has said some wonderful things. So don't settle for what's not his best. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.